signed in May 1888, Imperial Law No. 3353 is one of the shortest ever passed in Brazil, coming in at only 18 words. But it is one of the most important pieces of legislation ever signed in Brazil, and it is commonly known as the Golden Law. It abolished slavery in the country after 350 years of it being at the center of Brazil's economic model. But while outlawed, slavery never truly went away from Brazil. We at the Brazilian Report were part of a documentary produced by Brazil's Labor Prosecution Office and the International Labor Organization, called Precisão. Precisão is how peripheral populations call their dire need, the circumstances that push them into subjecting themselves to inhumane labor conditions for low pay, if they are ever paid at all. For many, modern slave labor is the only alternative to starvation. For these people, it is as if the Golden Law had never existed. This week, we talk about their situation and about what can Brazil do to finally eradicate slave labor. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Marinaldo Soares Santos started working when he was 10, helping out his dad with farming duties. Child labor is a great predictor of slave labor. Both are the result of extreme poverty, which forces families into sending their kids to work. Most people in modern slavery conditions were once child workers themselves. These people are as vulnerable as humans can be. They are literally having to work to survive. The modern slave population in Brazil is largely made up of black people. Their fate is an inevitable consequence of Brazil's incomplete process of emancipating slaves, dating back to the time of the Golden Law. Free men and women were left to fend for themselves, without reparation, education, or even shelter, leading to a destitute black underclass which today, over 130 years after abolition, has yet to fully integrate with the rest of society. Since 1995, over 52,000 workers have been rescued from slave-like conditions, but until 2016, not one employer was put behind bars. In 2018, the country became the first to be convicted for slave labor in the Inter-American Court of Human Rights. Brazil was sentenced to pay 5 million US dollars as compensation to 128 workers who were kept for years, and in a few cases decades, as modern slaves. Slavery has many forms, and lots of people in Brazil have trouble believing it still exists, because the image we have of slavery is still a snapshot from the 18th century. Back then, Brazil imported millions of Africans for forced labor, more than any other country. They kept them chained and whipped them in public. 
But today, the picture is different. They might have broken the chains and dropped the whip, but slavery remains very much present. According to Brazilian legislation, four things characterize modern slavery. Forced labor, exhaustive working hours, degrading work conditions, and debt bondage. Debt bondage is perhaps the most common way of forcing workers into servitude. Most modern slaves are uneducated, mostly illiterate, and completely oblivious of their rights. They don't have basic math skills, and most have no idea of how their debts keep escalating despite their hard work. But Marinaldo's case checks all the boxes. He was recruited by a man looking for ranchers, and once he got to the worksite, he already found himself in debt. The trip between his hometown of Monção in the northeastern state of Maranhão and the farm he was going to work was not for free, even if he was loaded in a truck with dozens of fellow workers piled on top of each other. Then he was told he would have to pay for the tools he was going to use, the boots he was going to wear, and for the right to sleep every night on the property where he worked. Straight off the bat, he was already buried in debt he couldn't pay back. He was forced to work off his debt, but his tap would never go down to zero. His lodging conditions, if we can even call them that, were atrocious. Workers were kept under a tarpaulin tent which was unable to protect them from the rain and impossible to stay in when the sun was up. The place would turn into an oven and workers would have to find shade elsewhere. One case told in the documentary is heartbreaking. One man lay underneath a tractor during his lunch break in search of much needed shade. One of his colleagues then began using the tractor without noticing him, and he was crushed to death. Water is an expensive commodity. On the farm where Marinaldo worked, they had to drink water from a rusty water tank truck. The water tasted like metal. The alternative was a hole in the ground, from which the water available was yellow. Marinaldo and his co-workers used a shirt to try and filter the water with moderate success. You might be wondering why workers stuck around under such appalling conditions. Well, many do try to escape, but take a few things under consideration. For one, these farms are often located in the middle of nowhere. So even if workers were to elude the armed guards that are so common in these kinds of places, they would have to walk for hours through the jungle before reaching the nearest city. And even so, the risks of being caught and punished are too great for most. There are even cases of workers being branded with cattle irons to be made an example of. And once again, most of these modern slaves have no other option. As cruel as the conditions are, for many, it is the only thing that will barely assure them a daily meal. We do fiscalize in the big cities, but the problem of modern slavery is 
sometimes they happen in the small places uh, outside the big cities all over Brazil. Augusto de Arruda Botelho is a criminal lawyer and a counselor at Human Rights Watch. Brazil is a giant country, so we don't have actually enough people to fiscalize the whole country. So we do have a, a, a lot of work has been done in Sao Paulo, in Rio, in the, in the big cities. But uh, in the countryside of, the, of, of, of Brazil, we, uh, we still don't have any, any, any fiscalization at all. So uh, what we should pay more attention is, is on the, the other side of Brazil, not the, the big side of the big cities. But we need to keep an eye on the countryside of Brazil, on the Amazon, uh, on the center of Brazil. Uh, that's where we should focus on uh, to avoid uh, slavery, modern slavery here. Remember Marinaldo? He was rescued by labor prosecutors from slave-like conditions three times. He gets asked a lot how come he fell into slavery after the first time. And one time a reporter wondered, hasn't he learned anything? É muito fácil de explicar e foi é fácil mesmo, porque olha, the explanation is easy. I was rescued, but my dire need continued. It's disheartening to see your family in need of things you can't afford. Slavery is not a rural problem. The city of São Paulo, the biggest metropolis in the southern hemisphere, is actually the place in which there has been the most cases of slave labor. It often happens in small textile companies, where people are brought in the work for the contractors of suppliers of big brands, part of a system designed to conceal the use of slave labor. This phenomenon is linked to a rise in the number of poor immigrants in the city, which get preyed upon by unscrupulous companies. As we mentioned, social vulnerability is inextricably linked to slavery. Since the 2014-2016 recession, Brazil grew more unequal. That is perhaps one of the reasons why the number of rescued workers in 2018 was three times as big as the year before, over 1,700 people. It was the first bump since 2012. After the break, Brazil's legal instruments to end slave labor. This podcast is supported by FastHelp. FastHelp is a Brasilia-based IT company devoted to providing cybersecurity solutions. Looking to safeguard your company's virtual space? Protect your business by teaming up with FastHelp. Visit fasthelp.com.br for more information. Camila Costa is a BBC reporter now based in London who has extensive experience covering human rights in Brazil. Camila, what are Brazil's legal instruments to try and end modern slavery? That is a complex question in the sense that Brazil has been doing quite a lot, has been having quite interesting initiatives for a while now, at least ever since the 1990s. So sort of Brazil started with an idea to fight 
modern slavery. So one of the things that Brazil created, one of the instruments that Brazil created that actually became famous all over the world was what we call informally, what we call the dirty list of modern slavery, which is basically every time that workers are found in a farm or in a company or in a factory and the situation of modern slavery, obviously, you have the whole, you know, you have the justice system acting on it. Uh, you can have a criminal process and you can have what you call an administrative process, a civil action, so to speak. Um, if those if those companies are condemned in the administrative process, even if they're not condemned in a criminal process, they are put in this list. And this list is published by the government and it informs banks, it informs multinational companies, it informs basically everyone in the market that those people, those companies are involved, were involved with modern slavery which means it makes it harder for them to get loans, uh, to, you know, to get contracts, really. We had an effort some years ago to create this pact to fight modern slavery, which was signed by all kinds of, of companies and which was signed by the main banks in Brazil. Mainly, everyone was committing to the idea that I'm not going to give loans, I am not going to make business with anyone who's involved with modern slavery. Obviously, that doesn't always happen. And this is why the list becomes important, because the list is a way of exposing. Um, exposing, however, is, you know, not complying with the norm. But the government is making a new not-so-dirty list, right? The thing about it is, obviously, the list has caused quite a bit of controversy uh, in Brazil because of that, because of this exposition. So there have been a number of attempts to shut it down, to stop publishing it. The list has been in and out uh, of really publishing in the last couple of years, at least since 2015, 2014, actually. Now it's been published again with uh, a couple of differences. Now, the, the government has come to an agreement with companies that they would do two lists, a dirty list and a sort of an observation list. Um, so the companies that were, you know, indicted for modern slavery but committed immediately to do something about it would be in this observation list. You know, as a way, for, I think, to... As a way for for businessmen or for farmers to actually to ease them is it just a compromise or are we rolling back the legislation because Jair Bolsonaro's predecessor Michel Temer tried to change the legislation altering the definition of slave labor to the same definitions we had in the 19th century that is saying that slavery exists only when the boss keeps his employees in captivity you have um, a discourse from the presidents themselves that in a way tries to change the definition of, of modern slavery in order to say that it's too harsh a definition and that, you know, the law is coming on too hard on businessmen and on farmers. So both them and Bolsonaro will say things like, you know, it's a minority of people who exploit modern slavery. 
you know, omitting the fact that between 1995 and 2018, uh, over 50,000 workers were rescued from modern slavery in Brazil. So not such a minority, uh, if, you think, if you think about it in terms of the number of people rescued. President Bolsonaro says the current legislation is too hard on employers, saying that the regulations are actually preventing companies from hiring people. They will also say, say things like, well, people will get fines because, you know, the soap bar was not in the place it should be or because they didn't have a chemical bathroom for workers. Uh, and it's usually a lot worse than just, you know, not having a chemical bathroom. And many times those workers don't have drinkable water. They sometimes, workers in farms are found sleeping next to the feces of cattle. So you have, you have a lot of really degrading work conditions. You have people who work 20 hours a day who have no kind of bathroom whatsoever and who drink water from, you know, dirty streams that are used by the animals. All of those are actual, real stories of people freed from slave uh, work in Brazil. So if you, if you get the sense of what I'm saying, in the past couple of governments, we have seen a discourse that, in a way, tries to play it down, really. And uh, This is what specialists have been saying to us, and this is quite alarming, they say, because, you know, it, it makes one wonder if all of this effort that the country has done, that the state, the Brazilian state really has done, not just governments, all of this effort to fight uh, modern slavery will continue or if it will stop. The documentary Precisão is available on the Brazilian Report website. It is in Portuguese, but the images and the sounds speak for themselves. This episode focused mainly on slave labor in agriculture, but as we mentioned, the problem is very present in fashion too. And for our listeners who live in Brazil, here's a tip. In 2013, Brazilian NGO Repórter Brasil launched the app Moda Livre, which translates into Portuguese as free fashion, as in fashion free from the use of slave labor. Companies that do not have any slave labor identified in their supply chain get a green stamp. Those that need to improve their practices get a yellow one. And the red stamp? Well, that's self-explanatory. Companies such as Zara and Puma are not in the green, and maybe your favorite brand has a red stamp too, so you might want to check it before heading to do your Christmas shopping. The I didn't know card is often the preferred excuse for looking the other way, but we can't plead ignorance anymore. This podcast was written and prepared by me, Gustavo Ribeiro, Ewan Marshall edited the final script. If you like explaining Brazil and the Brazilian Report, please give us five stars on whatever platform you use for podcasts. It takes only a second, and it really helps more people discover this show. But the absolute best way to support this show is by subscribing to the Brazilian Report. Subscriptions start at only $3.90. Not a lot to support independent journalism. 
Every day, we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance, society, Latin American affairs, environmental issues, you name it. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. That's all for now. I'll see you next week.